All right. Uh, here's I'm gonna pray. No, wait, wait. I, this always trips me up. How I should do this. Um, I'll pray both times. That's really good. Okay. I'm gonna pray. But before I pray, can I get uh, two two volunteers? I, I'm gonna need like five volunteers. Two of them. I'm gonna need a Jesus. Does anyone want to be a Jesus? Sarah, yes. Come up here. Come up here. Good. Good, Sarah. Um, and just just hold this Bible uh, open right here. Okay. Just hold that. Good. Don't don't lose that page. I need I need a devil. Luke, come here. Good. Wait, can I go in the No, no, you stay, you stay here. You stay here, okay? Um, and then, uh, we're right here, okay, in chapter 4. So we're right here in chapter 4. So you're just gonna follow along there. You're Jesus. You are a devil. The devil. And then I'm gonna need, like, uh, can I get angels? Angels? Abby? Caitlin? Jacob, come here. Abby, Caitlin, Jacob. Abby, Caitlin, Jacob, come stand over here. Come stand over here. I want one more angel. One more angel. One more. Just wait. It's okay. It's cool. It's cool. No, no. Yes. Or Jordan, give up here with the angels. Actually, I'm gonna move over here. Okay. Sarah, you can move next to Jesus. You can move next to the next to the devil. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pray, and after we pray, I'm going to read from Matthew. We're in Matthew right now, chapter four. We're gonna read verses one through eleven. Okay. And as we are reading these verses, this is what I want you to be thinking about, okay? We, you, you can find strength, you can find strength when you are satisfied in God. Okay? You can find strength when you are satisfied in God. And we're also going to try to answer this question. So what? So what? What does that mean? Okay? Let me pray and then we're going to read this passage. Jesus and, and devil, you have some speaking roles. When we get there, when it says Jesus says this, you just say what Jesus says. Does that make sense? And we're in chapter 4, and we're going to go all the way to verse 11, so to, to this bold. So from here all the way to here. Okay? And the, the angels, you're going to know. You're not going to come until the end, but you're going to know your part and do it well. Okay? Let me pray. And any, any, all right. Let me pray. Okay? God, thank you for this time together. Thank you just for laughter and for joy. Um, we thank you that uh, we can... We can find strength when we are satisfied in you, um, and that you show us that just with how you um, handle uh, temptation, with how you are, are show us uh, that you are satisfied in God. That's where you find your strength from from being satisfied and in, in knowing God in your relationship with Him. Regardless, in Jesus' name, Amen. Yes. I didn't say that yet. Okay, we're, everyone's gonna listen. Okay, this is chapter four. Oh, no, you're gonna you're gonna read the devil's parts. Okay, like you did last week, but for something else. You were the voice from heaven last week. All right. A real change. Real. That's a real character change. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Ready? You guys ready? Angels, get ready. You're going to come in soon in verse 11. All right. Our last verse. Here we go. Then Jesus, okay, after he was baptized, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus, go ahead into the wilderness. If you're there already, that's fine. And Jesus was, was in the wilderness to be tempted to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting, 40 days and 40 nights. So Jesus didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. Hungry, right? He, oh, he was hungry. It says that. That's the next line. And the tempter, the tempter, the devil, okay, came and said to him, You are the Son of God. Command these stones to come. 
But yes, come in, if you yes to become to to become loaves of bread, okay. But but Jesus answered. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let's go. Then the devil then the devil took him to the holy city. So devil, lead lead Jesus to the holy city, and set him anywhere. Well, you know, why don't you go, like, stand on a chair over there or something like that? Don't, yeah, that's too long to walk. Go stand on a chair over there. <laughs> then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, up high. Jesus, get up high on, on the chair. Okay? And the devil, the devil said to Jesus, in verse, verse 5, verse 6, verse 6, the devil said to Jesus, For it is written, And, and <laughs> yes, the devil's like, I'm, the angels will protect you. But Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord, your God, to the test. Boom. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. Where's the high mountain? Find it. Good. No, not the balcony, that's good. A very high mountain. And showed him, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. So devil, show him all the kingdoms of the world in his glory. And the devil said, the devil said to Jesus. Verse 9. Then Jesus said to him, Yeah, run away, devil. And then here we go. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and were ministering to him. That's beautiful. All right. Great work. All right. Angels, great job. Great job. I'll take your Bibles. Thank you. That's great. Great job. Thank you. Okay. All right, what a whirlwind! Luke is working on his acting, honestly. All right, just to summarize this, in case you couldn't follow along, maybe you could, but maybe you couldn't. Jesus, he's in a vulnerable situation. He hasn't eaten for forty days and forty nights. He's hungry, and the devil's like, "I'll turn these stones. You have the power to turn these stones into bread, so you can eat." And Jesus responds, and he's like. Man doesn't live on bread alone. Boom, come back. And he quotes actually the Old Testament. So he's like, I know, I know what the Bible says. I know what God says about this. And then the devil takes Jesus up to this high mountain in the city. I mean, to this high pillar on this uh, building in the city. And he says, throw yourself down because the angels won't let you get hurt. They'll catch you. And Jesus says, don't test. The, the scripture says, don't test God. Don't put the Lord your God to test. And then uh, the devil takes Jesus to a high mountain, and he says, if you bow down before me, I'm going to give you all of these kingdoms. And then Jesus says, be gone from me, Satan, for, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Jesus comes back, and that's also written in the Old Testament. Jesus knows exactly what God says. He knows God, and he comes back to Satan and is like, I don't need anything that you're saying because I'm so satisfied 
in what God says and who he is and knowing him. All right. So that's the quick summary after that whirlwind of an, of an acting. We're going to get better. Um, but it was really good, too. All right. No, Jacob, you did. The angels were really good. That was probably that was good. It was Jesus and the angels. Fantastic. Um, you, Luke, you're. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to tell you guys one of my favorite things to do. OK, well, it used to be one of my favorite things. I can't really do it anymore. Um, but when I was at college, we had like this main road on our campus called Lopes Way. Lopes up. All right. And that was our mascot. And I would, there was a Chick-fil-A, there was a Chick-fil-A on Lopes Way, and I would go to Chick-fil-A, I'd hand them my dining card, and they'd give me food. And I, then I'd go outside on like a nice, breezy, cool day, and I'd sit outside with my Chick-fil-A, and people would be walking by, and me, like I don't have any classes that day, so I'm just sitting, eating my Chick-fil-A as the breeze is just, it's beautiful. I have a hoodie on. I love hoodies. I'm just like absolutely so satisfied. Okay. I love people watching. So this is like the best day ever. All right. I was like, and do you ever have those moments where you just feel like so satisfied? You're like, nothing can touch me. Like if I have a bad day or something bad happens in my day, like nothing, that won't, that won't affect me because I'm just so happy and satisfied right now. You guys ever have those things or those activities that you do? Like me sitting on loops way or used to be. Now there's those things, but I just remember that. It was so amazing. But do you guys have those things? Anyone have any examples of days or times I remember? Kind of put you on spot. So. Yeah? Like cooking food. Cooking food. Uh-huh. You're in your element. Yeah. Blasting music? Oh. That's what I'm saying. Being in a car, blasting music, maybe windows down. I don't know. Oh, Jeep. Yep. The toe. Let's go. Okay. Uh huh. Yes. I love that. Do any of you guys have like people who, when you're around them, they just like boost you up. They make you strong, confident, just like knowing them. It's like, man, this is the best. Nothing can touch me. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's crazy. Yes. Okay. Here, here's Jesus shows us in these passages that he has found the place, or even better, Jesus has found the person, okay, that he, that he is so satisfied in that nothing can touch him. Like he finds a strength there. He, he knows God, and he shows us that he's so satisfied in God that nothing can touch him. Not even, not even in, in a super vulnerable situation, right? And so, how do we find this? Where does Jesus draw, where does he not draw his strength from? We're gonna look at where Jesus does not draw his strength from, okay, right? What's the first thing the devil tries to tempt Jesus with? Food, right? Jesus is hungry. It's been so long since he and he's hungry. And then the devil comes and he says, Jesus, you can make food for yourself. Just do it. Just do it. And what does Jesus respond, right? He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus has a bigger picture than just his, his immediate circumstance. He, he, it's, it's not his, his immediate circumstance that is going to satisfy him and his hunger being satisfied, but he realized that there's something greater than that, which is pretty cool, right? His ultimate satisfaction is found in God. He has a bigger picture than what the devil can offer him in that, in that situation. And then what's the next thing? Do you remember the next thing that Satan tempts him with? Yes, I, yeah, uh huh. 
Yeah. And this one, this one's, I think, kind of a little more hard to understand, right? Because it's like the devil's like, if you throw yourself down from the pinnacle of this tower, you don't have to be worried because, it, because the angels are going to catch you. And even though that, that very well might be true, right? Jesus could, and then, and then the angels would catch him. I think what the devil's really getting at is he's trying to get Jesus to really doubt God. Because he's like, Jesus, do you really believe that the angels will catch you if you fall down? Do you really believe that God will save you if you fall down? And instead of Jesus beginning to doubt God and being like, will he? Like, should I do this? Should I see if, if God is really on my side? Jesus says this, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus is so, so certain. He's so certain that he doesn't even have to test God. There's like this faith, this trust that Jesus has in God the Father, which is pretty cool. And then I remember, anyone remember the third thing? Yeah. Oh, yes, I hear. The kingdoms. Yeah. Right? The devil's like, you can have all these things, all these possessions in the whole world. And all you have to do, all you have to do, do you remember all, what he says? All you have to do is bow down to me. Imagine someone said that to you. They were like, I'll give you anything you want in the whole world. All you have to do is this like really simple thing. Just like bow down to me. It's like seems like a pretty good deal. But Jesus, he realizes that there's something greater that's actually going on here. And he says, be gone from me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So there's these three things that, that Satan or the devil tries to tempt Jesus with. And, and Jesus is so satisfied in God that he is like a brick wall against these things. He's so strong against these things. Okay, but let's answer this question, okay? So what? Remember I said we're going to try to answer that question? So what? So how does this, how does, how does this actually affect us in our lives? Do any of you guys ever get like really hungry and then it's, you get kind of hangry? Anyone ever get hangry here? Yep. Alec? Sorry, put you on the spot. No, Cass, Cass was pointing at me, okay, because I get hangry sometimes. When I'm hungry, it's hard for me to really be in the moment and be like, I'm going to love the people around me. Instead, I'm just like, give me food. Where's my food? Who's blocking me from getting food right now? What's, what's in my way? I think I came home from church two weeks ago. It was after an outreach meeting, so I was there a little longer, too. And I was like, I come home, and I'm like, Cass, I'm going to get Wendy's. Or no, I think I just said, can I get Wendy's or something? And Cass was like, uh, she just gave a little bit like, you know, be wise with our money, right? Because we had a lot of food at home that I could eat. And I, I just like was like, I became a mope. I was like, I got to eat this food in the fridge. You serious? <laughs> All the food we have here, I got to eat that? And I, I was like, it, it ruined me for about an hour. Maybe more. I'm still dealing with it right now. All right. But I just begin to focus so much on myself. I just begin to focus so much on myself and, and I can't get like a bigger picture. I can't get a, a, big, a bigger picture of actually like what the situation is. So here, here's my question. In, the silly, in these silly situations, even when we're hangry, what does it look like to be satisfied in God? Anyone have any thoughts? It's cool. I think as I, as I was thinking about myself, even in these little situations where it's just me being hangry, it's really helpful, like Jesus, to remember that life is bigger than just this little moment that I'm in right now. So even when I'm hangry, if I just take a minute or a second to remember, life is greater than this little moment in my life right now. And actually, like, my life, yeah, it's good to eat. We should all eat. 
we should all drink, we should all take care of our, our bodies and, and, and be healthy, but also the the purpose and our, our meaning in life is, is to love God and love those around us, right? Like we can find really meaningful relationships there and purpose there. And when I'm hangry, often that impedes my ability to do that, to actually love those around me. And so if I just take a moment and say, actually, life is greater than just this, this moment that I'm in. Or like sometimes I miss a workout and I get kind of like, oh, that's not good, you know? Or maybe if you're, you're like, there's a test coming up and you're like nervous about it, just take a second and remember that life is actually greater than just this test coming up or this uh, sports game or event or concert or whatever. Life is, life is more meaningful. There's more meaning in life than just those, those moments. There's something greater out there. Okay. But also the next thing we do, right? We see that the, that Satan or the devil tempts Jesus with like doubt a little bit, with, with doubting certainty, right? And doubt can be kind of debilitating. Do you guys ever, do you guys ever realize that in your life? Like when I played soccer in high school, I, my sophomore year especially, I really doubted myself and it really just like crushed me. I couldn't enjoy soccer anymore. I couldn't like go out and even just be like, I'm going to have fun and enjoy myself and play well. I was just so, I was like, am I going to do this right? Am I going to do this right? Am I doing this right? What does my coach think? And this doubt was just debilitating to me. It just, it made, it ruined me, right? And even, even as I just think about my faith, like I've had faiths in my doubt. I've had doubts in my faith. And those things can even be debilitating. If it's like, man, if I, if I doubt this, does God still love me? Or uh, like, who is God? If I, if I begin to doubt like who he is or, or what he does. And those things can be debilitating. It can be like, so should I just get rid of faith? Should I just get rid of soccer? Should I just get rid of these things? Do you guys ever experience like just doubt that it just like stops you from just having a joyful life and a meaningful life? I've noticed that in my life, at least. And I, I think um, like one thing that we all love to have, we all love to have certainty. We always love to, at least I do. I love to know what's next. I love to know for certain that people are going to be around me that love me, that I'm going to be able to enjoy my day tomorrow. Uh, like when, when something's in my schedule the next day and I just know it's not going to be a good time. It's like, I know I'm not going to have a good time. And I'm like, I, I'm doubting having a good day and it's the worst. Because we all love certainty. We all love to know that our life is going to be okay and that our life is going to be good. But I think being sat- Jesus shows us here in this passage that being satisfied in God doesn't, it doesn't necessarily bring us to certainty, right? Because Jesus didn't, he didn't have to test God and be like, God, and be certain that you're going to save me. I'm going to do this. He didn't have to do that. So being satisfied in God doesn't lead us to certainty, but it actually leads us to humility and trust. That's what, that's what being satisfied in God does. It's saying, God, I, I trust that you are good, even in the midst of this scary situation or hard situation. And and humility, knowing that he's greater, uh, that he maybe knows things that we don't know. But also, even more than that, trusting in a God who is good and who is with us, even in the scariness and even in the doubt. God is with us in the uncertainty. And then last thing, okay? Does everyone have their phone on them? Who loves their phone? Raise your hand if you love your phone. All right. Good. Tyler, good. Everyone loves their phone. Good. Good. Everyone loves their phone, even if you didn't raise your hand. Last thing I think, say the devil offers Jesus all the possessions of the world, right? Do you guys love possessions? I love possessions, right? Don't be ashamed to say it, all right? Just be honest. All right. I like, 
I I like getting new things. I like things. All right. And I think I think I think a lot of us do, right? Especially like in in this uh, day and age. I mean, I never lived in another day and age, but in this day and age, there's a. Uh, we really like we really like getting things. We have a lot of things, right? A lot of us we we have a lot of things. And if you don't think you have a lot of things, you probably still do have a lot of things. And often when I think of my when I think of my dream life, my dream life is based on all the things that I'm going to have. Like this like nice house with like five dogs and like a fence where my dogs can run and like and like maybe like five kids too and and maybe like a a nice Ford Ranger, a Ford Ranger and like a garage and like a workspace with tools I don't know how to use. Like, that's a cool, that's a cool life. That's my dream life right there. That's my dream life. And it's all based, it's based on all the things I'm going to have, right? Like, and I think when we all think about our dream life, we all think about the things we're going to have. I'm going to have a good job. I'm going to have a job that pays well so I can get these things that I want. I'm going to travel the world and go on flights everywhere and see all these amazing things. Like possessions and just things, we love things. We love things, right? Um, but I think Jesus sees a greater life for us than just having things. Like, I think a, a really cool house with five dogs and five kids and a Ford Ranger would be really cool. But, but I think Jesus actually sees something greater for me. He envisions a life that is greater for me than just having all those things. And I think that life is one that finds meaning not in things that we have, but it's actually in who we follow. Right? As Jesus responds to, to Satan, he says, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Jesus, Jesus responds to Satan by Satan saying, You can have all these things. Jesus says, No, I know God, and I follow him, and I love him, and I worship him. And that's where I find my meaning in my life. And you know, and, and even Jesus, this is really going to be challenging when we actually like hear it at face value. Jesus, many times as he's going, he tells people who come to him, this one, this one rich young guy, he comes to him, and the young guy's like, what can I do to have eternal life? And Jesus responds, all these things. And the, the, the rich young man's like, yeah, I've done all those things. And then Jesus says, go and sell all that you have. And then, and, and then the rich young guy like walks away, kind of like discouraged. Because Jesus told him to sell all that he has. And even Jesus even says that it's, it's, a, it's really hard, even impossible, for a rich person to inherit the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of God. Like there's, Jesus doesn't envision a life where that is meaningful by all the things that we have, but it's actually a life that is meaningful because of who we know and because, and because of who knows us, because Jesus loves us and because we get to know Jesus. So this, this is a challenge to us all, just as we think about all the things we have, it's a challenge to us, right? Because we all have a lot of things. I have a lot of things. It's a challenge to me. But it's also a real, really amazing encouragement for all of us to find real and meaningful life in knowing Jesus and him knowing us. All right. So food, certainty, possessions, all those things that we talked about, they can all be helpful and good things, right? Those are all helpful and good things. But Jesus shows us that there is actually something greater, that we can find our strength in real life um, when we are satisfied in God and knowing him and him knowing us. Okay, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to break up into small groups. All right?
God, we thank you just for your good gifts that you give us. Um, we thank you that we just get to be here in this building that is um, covering us and protecting us. And we thank you for the joy and laughter of these friendships. Um, we thank you for just the, the little gifts that we miss every day. But even more, we just ask that you would remind us that that our, our strength and real meaningful life is found in you. Um, so help us to be satisfied in you, uh, to remember that life is greater than, than the things we have. Um, life is greater than certainty and knowing what is next. Uh, and it's, it's greater when we find meaning in, in our life with you and knowing you and even more you knowing us. We thank you and we love you. Uh, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.